Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Hey guys, how you been? You guys look awesome. You look fantastic. Even Nigel. He looks great over there. They've been married for 50 years. <laughs> 50 years of pure joy. That's what I say. I've been, I'm 50 years old, just a month ago. So uh, we've got something in common. So you are yeah, fantastic. Hey, let me just say what a privilege it is to be on the Sunny Cuts. How good is this place? I came here when I was 15, went for a surf at Alexander Headland. It's a nudist beach. You didn't notice it. I didn't realize I didn't realize I was 15. I said, go down to the basement for a surf. There was a naked man walking on there. This is disgusting. And it's a long walk. It's a long walk. Came back with my brother. And uh, it was good, but that was my first impression of uh, Sunny Coast. Naked men walking along the beach. It was, uh, it was bizarre. But uh, let me tell you, it's exciting to be here. Let me tell you, your pastors, Christian and Melissa, they're, they're, they're famous in the C3 They're so wonderful. You know, when you walk into C3 Auckland Falls, there's actually a plaque on the wall. <laughs> it says the most beautiful couple that's ever walked in this building. <laughs> They're like the bold and the beautiful. It's like Ridge and Logan. You know who watches Bold and Beautiful? Everyone watch it? It's real life drama. Hey, Adam, happy birthday, Adam. Hey, 40 years old. Fantastic. It was interesting. When, so good, mate. 40 years old. These guys were getting dressed, and Christian came out with black tight jeans, super tight with his shirt off. When I saw him, I thought, oh my God, look at that guy. He's a pitcher. Melissa is so. Lucky to have this now. And uh, so, no, these guys are phenomenal. Hey, it's good to be in church. It's good to be real, isn't it? Yeah. That's what church is all about. We're real people. We've got real struggles, but we've got, we got, we got real faith. And sometimes our faith could be a little bit wishy-washy or a little bit weak or whatever, but it's real to us. And my hope is that you'll expand your faith to a greater level. Yeah. Every day of your life, your faith can get bigger. Then your capacity of life gets bigger. Regardless of what's happening in this world, yeah. of the mess, the turmoil, your faith can get even higher and get even stronger. Yes. And the only way you can do that is plug into God, yeah. plug into Jesus, get filled with faith. And uh, I just want a special mention to my mate Brian. This guy, he came up, he was with our church at the, the first couple of years, started our first connect group up in Cairns. He saw the sign out the front of Sheridan Plaza and he came in. These guys are phenomenal. Him and his wife, Shelley, have just been remarkable. Why don't you give him a hand? If you want to meet someone great, also, it's good to see Foxy. Foxy up here. Lisa Fox, she was a part of our church in Cairns. We met actually on the building site through one of our bass guitarists who was building a pool for her and that's how we met and it was awesome. This is Drew by the way, he's my professional muser and he comes with me everywhere. Uh, that's good mate. You may be seated if you feel like it mate, or you can play, you can do whatever you want, but you may be seated. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew <coughs> chapter 15. I'm going to preach a message on faith and a little bit about myself as um, Christian was saying. Um, yeah, I played professional football. I played for the Waratahs in um, 1996 and blew my knee up and then then six months later, I had a fight in the pub, and then I did it again. And uh, and so I didn't play football for about 18 months. The guy, I mean, they all had a fight with. He had it coming. 
<laughs> you know, that was, I was in the right, okay, just, but you know, you got to defend yourself sometimes. Anyhow, so my knee blew up and then uh, I actually came to God in that particular season where uh, I just felt like, you know when your dream shattered yeah. and you're searching for hope? Yeah. I was 25, playing for the Waratahs. I was one step away from my goal of playing for Australia and then your dream gets shattered. And it's hard. And I remember playing, in, it was, we were playing this game against Western Samoa and my, my knee broke. And I remember Dad coming into the change room and all he did was look, oh, there's Campisi. Oh, there's Phil Kearns. I said, Dad, I'm here, mate. I got my, my soul back. Can you help me get the car? Oh, there's Willie O. He's over there. I said, don't care about, don't care about Willie O. You know? And uh, so he picked me up and, we got, and he put me in the car. And by the time he walked around the other side, I felt God saying, everything's going to be all right. There was so much peace in that that he had a better story for me. That, and what turned out to be the greatest disaster of my life became the greatest blessing in my life in some ways. Because there's no way I would have pl planned to plan a church, to go to Kansas, to know no one, and to plan a church. And out of that, that mishap of breaking my knee, a church birth, and we see 400 people in that community, and we're doing some amazing things up there because of what God is doing. And I actually have more adrenaline in my system when I come up on the stage than I run out of the footy field. Wow. You know, I used to run out of the footy field, you go through the tunnel, and I would be just give me the biggest man. Like, get, give someone like Adam, stand up, and say, let's run at you, and take him, you just feel good. And the one thing that you, you miss the most when you stop playing football is you, you, you actually, you, you miss getting hurt. You actually miss getting hit. It seems so weird. See these ears? See my ears? That's for my wife. Actually telling me to get home and pick up the milk on the way and pick this up. Can you do this? That's cauliflower ears from, from my wife telling me. Not from football, but it's from my wife. But that's one of the things that you actually miss the most is just getting dirty and getting tough. That's what men love. We had a men's night the other uh, last night and it was so good to just hang around. Um, some great men. You guys have got. You guys are so blessed to have champion men in this church. That's right. You got men that will protect women. They will look after kids. That's what men do. They they protect. They don't control. They protect, and they'll show kindness to women. And you know what? Women are so thankful for that. They're thankful for kindness, and they're thankful for their protection. And if you can protect them, guide them, let them have the greatest life. It's good. One of my love of my life is my Victory Motorcycle. Does anyone like motorcycles? i got a big Victory Motorcycle now. Oh, i got a picture of it. No? Do I? Well, that's the love of my life. She goes with me everywhere I go. It's like my other, my other photo, I haven't got a photo of me, is, is uh, with my beautiful wife of 21 years, Anna. She's remarkable. She's only five foot two. I call her my little dwarf. And uh, she, she loves it. She loves it. She calls me Superman. I call her dwarf. And we just, nah, she's just an amazing woman. And uh, we've been finding the church from day one from the back of our house, like these guys. And we know the journey. It's, it's tough work, you know, just planning a church, pioneering. But you know what? It's also the most exciting days to get involved in the church because there's so much you can get involved in. Just get involved, build the place. Build the house of God. It's awesome. Get your Bibles. Get to go to Matthew chapter. Uh, what? Oh, look at that! Don't don't look at this little thing. It's a little cut down. It's got to cut it. Look at that victory. And on the other side, it says freedom. 
on the engine. It's a free, Freedom V twin engine, 1700. Isn't that beautiful? Come on. Huh? You guys like that? <laughs> oh, yes. That's beautiful. I miss it. And that's it. That's it. Ellis Beach in Palm Cove on the way up to Port Douglas. Who's been to Port Douglas? Been up to Ke yeah. Yeah, Martin goes up there a lot. I know that, but it's a great spot. Uh, <coughs> today I want to talk about faith, but not just faith. I want to talk about loud, bold faith. Yes. There's a difference between faith and there's a difference between loud, bold faith. Yeah. Let me just say, how much would your life be different if you lived with loud, bold faith 100% of the time? Yeah. If you were bold 100% of the time, like you were bold in your business, how different would that business be? That you weren't timid at all, you were 100% bold. What about your marriage? If you're 100% bold in your marriage, you, your wife would look different. What here? Bold. Beautiful wife. Right here. Am I missing something? No. <laughs> but how, how, how much different would your life be? Your everyday life, you wake up full of confidence, full of passion, full of excitement. Instead of being fearful, I mean, today's world is so much fear going on. There's so much chaoticness. But God designed us in order and structure. And so when we're out of order and structure, it becomes chaotic. But right now, let me tell you, in Christ we have faith. Yes. And we can have life. And I want to talk about loud, bold faith. But God expresses his love for his people through food. Who loves food? We had the greatest pizza last night from Brooklyn Pizza. The best ever I've ever had in my life with those little chicken wings, the bees. Hot bees sting, chicken wings right here. It was fantastic. But God expresses his faith and his love for people through food. In the Garden of Eden, what was there? There was fruit. In the wilderness, there was quail and manna. That was there, constantly given to us. In the, in the promised land, it was filled with what? Milk and honey. Yeah. And then ultimately, there's going to be the, the supper of the lamb, the ultimate. In the, the last supper, there was bread and wine, but ultimately, there's the, the wedding feast, the supper of the lamb that we can have with Jesus. And that all represents in food. In Revelation 19, it says, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. See, in Jesus' time, this is what everybody was excited about. Everyone knew everything about this. They were hungry for it. They were waiting for it. And Jesus was talking about it. They knew it was coming. They believed it. There's going to be a time coming where we can sit with Jesus in heaven and have the, the supper of the Lamb. We can have the, the ultimate feast with Jesus. And they were pumped up. They were excited about it. And let me tell you, this is the seat at this table is where you want to be. You want to make sure you've got a seat at this table. At the end of everything, you want to make sure you're at this table, that you're sitting there. And this passage in Matthew 15 is really a foretaste of this wedding supper. It's a foretaste of what, what's going to happen, this wedding feast. Because Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, he sets the table. He provides it, and there's so much food there. There's heaps of food. There's so much food that there's food that falls on the floor. <clears throat> there's scraps everywhere. There's so much food that can feed every single body. And there's people that there's so much food that people that have faith, that have loud, bold faith, can eat from. And this is where you want to sit at this table. So let's read Matthew 15, 21. <clears throat> and it says, Then when Jesus left Galilee and went to the Galilee and went south, I went north, sorry, to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there 
came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. She's in agony, as a parent would be, to see her daughter tormented. Any parent would fear this. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. He was silent. Then the disciples urged him to send her away. Oh, she's annoying. Can you tell her to go? Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us for all, from all this begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped and pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded and says, isn't it right to take food? It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs are allowed to eat scraps that fall beneath the master's table. And he said in, dear, in verse 28, he says, dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. There's two real themes that I want to talk about today, and it's answered by two questions. The first question is, who's invited to the table? Who's invited? The second one is, how do you get an invite? Right. So the first question, who's invited? Let me tell you the answer is everybody. Doesn't matter what race. Doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, black, white, young, old, everyone's invited. It's a gold ticket. So you can all go. Yeah. It's invited to every single person. Everybody's invited. Everyone can come under the same roof. Come on, mate. Like even today when they try and segregate people, but Jesus says everyone's invited. Yeah. Everyone can come in. Bring them all. He says everybody's invited to the table. And you read a bit further down, it says that people, the religious folk, actually made excuses not to come. They didn't want to come. They made excuses. They became so religious, they got caught up in rules and regulations that they could miss the boat. But if you read further in this passage in verse 30, it says that the lime, the blind, and, and the lame, and the cripple, they all came. They all came because they wanted it. And it says in John 6 verse 37, it says, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Jesus won't drive you away. He says, all that will come to him. You, you're invited. You can all come. He won't drive them away. And then here in Matthew, I believe that Jesus is acting this out. He says, whoever. It's an open invite. He's saying, everybody can come. Everybody can come. And in verse 21, it says that Jesus went to Galilee, left the Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sinai. I think, why would Jesus leave the promised land to go to a pagan land? It was about 100 miles, 100 kilometers, 60 miles, but 100 kilometers away. Why would he leave the promised land to go to this pagan land? Well, the answer is he's doing it because it's a mission trip. Jesus has actually given us an example of what the Great Commission looks like before he even commands it. He says, I'm going over to this side, I'm going over to the pagans, I'm going over to the Gentiles to bring them in. So that's why he's doing this. It's a short mission trip. It's what we call the Great Commission. In our church, our vision statements, love it, live it, share it. Share it means the Great Commission, that we go out into all the world, that we tell people about Jesus. And Jesus invites this Gentile woman. This is massive. This was unheard of in the time. Jesus goes to this place to get this Gentile woman. It would have been like a, she was a Canaanite. She was a, an enemy to Israel. And it says in verse 22, a woman, a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading. This is loud. She wasn't silent. This is what loud, bold faith is all about. 
She was pleading. She got loud. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. She got loud. She got in the face. This was a Canaanite woman. But Jesus here is extending grace towards her, extending love towards her, that goes out of his way to go for this woman. The woman begs for help and continues to beg, continues to beg. She's loud. She wants help. She's desperate. Her daughter is, is in trouble. And, and Jesus says this famous dog comment, isn't it right? It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. He's calling a woman a dog. I tell you, man, if I said that to my wife, I'd probably get stabbed in the neck. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't go well. But dog actually meant Gentiles. But when you look at the, when you study the word dog, it's not a wild dog. It's not a dog that's loose or just uncontrollable. It's actually a house dog, a dog that's allowed in the house. So Jesus is actually saying, I'm willing to let the Jews and Gentiles come under the same roof. Come into the same roof. I've got a house dog. I've got two dogs. I've got Norman and Kevin. They're chihuahuas. They're not that friendly. And in fact, at the moment, I don't like Kevin at all. I love Norman. I dislike Kevin. But I love Norman. Norman's the oldest, the older brother. Kevin's a couple of years younger, and he's he's got issues. That's just saying. But but these dogs are all their house dogs. They're allowed to come in. So Jesus is saying, let the dogs come into the house. Let the Gentiles come into the house. Let's break down segregation. Let's break down race. Let's break down labels and all are welcome. All can come in. That's what Jesus is saying. He does this mission trip. So who's invited to the, the feast? Everybody. Well, how do you get an invite? How do you get that gold ticket? How do you get that entry ticket? Let me tell you, the answer is simple. It's faith. And it's faith alone. That's how you get into heaven. That's the invite. That you've got to have faith in Jesus Christ to get in. You know, there's a dress code. You know, I've done a lot of weddings and I'm standing at the front. I've never seen a bride come down in her bikini. I've never seen that. Or I've stand there and I've seen the bride come down in all white and the groomsman is dressed in his Bronco shorts and his blue trucky singlet. I've never seen that. There's a dress code. And there's a dress code to enter into this supper. But that dress code is called faith and faith alone. There's no rules. There's no regulations. It's just belief. It's just I have faith. I have faith in Jesus. That will get me into there. And so having faith alone, the gospel is inclusive, but yet it's exclusive. We must come through the door that God has provided. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. We come through Jesus. That's it. Jesus is the one that unlocks the key. That pulls out the chair. Says, you're invited. Here it is. Because you believe in me. So what does faith look like? What does loud, bold faith look like? We see it in these passages here where Jesus gives us an example. He says about this woman that she has great faith. The Greek says it's mega faith. It's massive faith. So it's loud Bold faith. It's not small faith. It's mega faith. Jesus says it's great faith, which means mega faith. She had mega faith. There was something in stirring her. So why was her faith so great? I kept on thinking. Why is it so great? Why did she have loud, bold faith? Well, I think there's two reasons. One, she knew who Jesus was. 
It's interesting in this passage, she says Lord three times. She calls him son of David. And she knew David's character, have mercy on us. So she understood who Jesus was. That's the big key that unlocks so much things. She understood who Jesus was. And in the language of uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, for all, who, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ, not in anyone else, not in your grandmother, not in the government, in Christ. He says, with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So she's basically saying, I remember the old story. I remember the Old Testament. I remember the promises of Abraham, and I believe it. And it's a yes for me. I believe all about King David and what he's saying, the reign of Christ coming through him, and it's a yes for me. She understood the promises of the Old Testament that teaches that everything comes through Christ. And she says yes. But it's not until Jesus is resurrected. Not until Jesus is resurrected. And so Jesus is saying to this woman, she says, I haven't come for you yet. I haven't come from the Gentiles yet. So he's, And she's telling her to wait. She says, I hear what you're saying, but I want you to wait because I've come to the Jews first. I'm here for God's people. But this woman with loud, bold face says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take no for an answer. So good. He says, can you feed me now? Jew or Gentile, I don't really care. My daughter is sick. I need some help. And she was persistent with her loud, bold faith. She went after it. So, and then I'm thinking, Jesus agrees with her. And she goes, but I only can give you the scraps now. I can't give you the whole meal, but I only can give you the scraps now. And she says, I'll take it. Because she understands whatever's on the table, whatever the DNA is in the food, when that falls to the floor, it's the same DNA that's on the table. So she understands that it's Jesus, my Savior, my Lord, my healer, my forgiveness. She understands that. She says, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. And she, and she pleads with him. And, he, and he, that's what he wants. And this is what loud, bold faith does. It shouts. It cries out. It shouts because the daughter's tormented. She's after mercy. The second thing her faith is so great for is because it's bold and it's persistent. It never stops. She just never gave up. This woman is incredible. I love her faith. She was so bold and so persistent. At the start, she stands before him, pleading, and Jesus is silent. You've got you to remember that Jesus' silence doesn't mean that he's uncaring. He does care. You just have to read the book of Job to understand that. But his silence doesn't stop her. She actually falls to her knees, pleading even more. Jesus is still quiet. Then she stands in front. Crying out, Lord have mercy. She doesn't stop. She's persistent. That's what great faith is all about. This is what we need in today's era. Yeah. Today's time. We need faith. Yeah. Faith that is so strong. Faith that is passionate. Faith that's exciting so that we can do amazing things. And, and, and the disciples are telling this woman to be quiet. But Jesus speaks to her and says, I can't help you. This is basically what he says, I can't help you because you're not a Jew. I can't help you. But her bold, persistent faith fights even more. It fights through the disciples, and she's on her knees, and she's on all fours, and she looks to Jesus and begs, continually begs. 
And Jesus says, sorry, I can't take the Jewish food and give it to the Gentiles. But this woman won't give up. It's like Jacob wrestling with God. Just hold on. And this is what God wants us to do is hold on to him. Even in a time of turmoil. My son just graduated and I write this whole um, letter to him about his graduation. Just finished school two weeks ago. (coughs) And I write this letter. But basically I said, regardless of what happens in the world, regardless of what you choose to do with your life, the only thing I want you to do is stay close to Jesus. It's just hold on to him. You know, there's a prize that when you get to heaven that you're given a right robe and a crown. Why? Because you hold on to him. Those that give it up, they don't receive it. It says those that hold on to Jesus, regardless of the mess the world's happening, if you get it. And it's amazing what they did with the crown. If you read Revelations, it said they took the crown off and put it at Jesus' feet. Because I know that's where honor's due, because of what he's done. And the response is that Jesus says, uh, what a response that she has when Jesus says, I, I can't give you the food. She says, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. I think this is remarkable. This woman slid her way into the room, to underneath the table. She got there. Martin Luther says this is a masterpiece, where she sort of traps Jesus. What will Jesus do? She sort of traps him. But guess what? Jesus is never trapped. This is what he wants. He says, I want you to come in. That's why he did the mission trip in the first place. He says... You know, I don't have to give you the scraps. I'd rather just chuck off this whole calf off the table, land it on the floor so that you can eat it up. That's what he wants. But he wants her faith to respond. That's what he did. And then he said, um, your great faith, the loud, bold faith, the request was granted. It was given to her. He said, dear woman, Jesus said, your faith is great. Therefore, because she had great faith, your request was granted, and the daughter was healed instantly. So this is what loud, bold faith looks like. I'll get the, the band up and get Drew back up here as we sort of come to a close. This is what loud, bold faith looks like. It looks like this woman. That just doesn't stop. That keeps hunting for this woman. That keeps hunting after God. She wants healing. She wants this. She came to Jesus desperate with, his, with her last words about her daughter. And Jesus gives her his best words. He says, your daughter's here. That's what she wanted. But she didn't stop until she got that healing on the daughter. She didn't stop because she had loud, bold faith. She knew who Jesus was. She knew he was the miracle worker. She knew it was all about him. She knew it was the son of David that had mercy on his kids. And Jesus just loves this way. And it gets me thinking, If Jesus was here now, would he be amazed at your great faith? Would he be amazed at your lack of faith? I hope that he comes here and says, I'm amazed at your great faith. Especially in this time. That I pray that Jesus will look at you and say, I see Brian there with his great faith. My dad always told me when I was growing up, he says that when you exercise faith, there's like a red faith light that grows on the inside of you. And the more you use it, the brighter it gets. So when you're using faith and you're exercising faith, it gets brighter and brighter. And God from heaven goes, look at who's that? Oh, that's Christian down there. His faith light's going through the roof. Oh, that's blessing. 
let's pour out more faith. Let's see his capacity grow to a new level because you're exercising faith. And that's how you live out of loud, bold faith all the days of your life, like this woman. She came to Jesus in hardships. And this is where Jesus uses his opportunity best than all the time. He loves his opportunity. When you feel like you're up against the walls and you use faith, Jesus goes, game on. Let's go. And our extremities is his opportunities. It's where God really steps in. And that's how we know about how to get into the kingdom of God. You've got to understand that, that everyone is invited. No one is excluded. Everyone is invited. But to get to the table, you need faith. And faith alone. Faith in Jesus. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.